Welcome to Teutonic Takes. My name is Favi, and I'm actually here with a really special guest. Um, you guys know him. I mean, he's he's been around for ages, and he's been around Quakes Media and Quakes Podcast for a long time. Phil Leva, what's up, man? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Favi. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, man. Um, we had Dom on, and we had a blast. So I was like, well, let's get the the other half of the new Quakes after ninety, right? So well. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we, we still want to have Zach and Bill on the show. They're still co-hosts with us and Sterling occasionally too, um, Sterling McGarvey. So yeah, yeah, but for sure, I'm, I was so excited when you guys had Dom on and I was like, okay. And then you reached out to me. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to be on there. Yeah, you know, with the quiz and everything, you guys did great with that. I was, I was, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So my co-host isn't here today, guys. Um, I, Ivan, unfortunately can't be with us. He has a, some family matters to do. Um, but when Ivan is back, we are going to do a quiz with Phil. So Phil's going to come <laughs> back on. So he's not. Wait, wait. So what you're, what you're saying is I'm not actually a guest on the show. I'm a substitute. Yeah. He, he's a villain right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, man. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just happy to be on here. This is, this is cool. Yeah. Well, we're happy. I'm ha- I guess I'm happy to have you because <laughs> I can't speak for uh, my co-host that's not here. But we guys, we're going to go over a couple of things. Um, we're going to kind of talk about. Phil, where he's at with Quakes After 90, um, and just getting to know, I mean, the, the, you know, the infamous, the famous Phil Leva. So we're going to go ahead and ask him a couple of Quakes questions and things like that. Um, but I guess we have a lot to talk about, too. With the breaking news, um, Danny Hoosen is out for the season. So that's huge. I mean, it's, it's horrible for us. He, he's out because he had surgery on his abdomen. Is that correct, Phil? Yeah, uh, it was surgery to repair an oblique muscle uh, mm. tear and a, a doctor as well. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad news. Well, you know, Danny Houston hasn't exactly been spectacular for this team, but he's another option up top. And considering what we've seen from Andy Rios, right. And, and to be frank, Wondolowski at times too. Houston yeah, yeah. Another option for the, for the team. And it's unfortunate that he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he was the, really the only one that could stretch that back line with some some sort of pace. Exactly. So we're, we're definitely going to need either someone to come on in or either to put a young guy in that role. Um, and I know Phil might not want to do this, but we were talking about it a little <laughs> earlier. Cal. Yeah. Right. Whoa, Cade Cali. No, no, but no was- I know. People get so excited over young players. And I actually yeah. talked about this a couple episodes ago on Quicks After 90. And that is um, – Great episode. The way – thank you. The way that, that – Fans, I should say, and analysts at times. Analysts do this too. Yeah. They, they treat young players um, in a certain way that kind of disgusts me a little bit. You know, like it's, they uh, need time to develop. They need right. time to mature. Yeah. And sometimes they're put into positions that they're not ready for yet. So if we're talking Cade Cowell, um, my main concern would be development yeah. itself. Development itself. Although he is way farther ahead than I think you would see with most 16-year-old players. Right, right. Um, it, it, development more so than like his actual maturity. He seems like he's kind of already there. Like he's ready to play. He's mature. But 
I, I just don't like to fantasize about yeah. having a bunch of like 16, 17, 18 year old boys playing for your club when they really need more time to develop. And we're seeing this with Syed Haji. We're seeing this right. uh, even even guys who were kind of in their early 20s are starting to develop, you know, Eric Calvillo, guys like that yeah. who are incredibly talented, but they just need more minutes. They need more time to prepare themselves to play at the MLS level. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. We should do our best to kind of not make those analysis way too much right so we we overrate these guys a little too early i think and then we get disappointed when unfortunately they don't pan out and that's the other sad part too right and then that that is some weight on the shoulders of the players as well because they're aware of it man they're they're aware of it imagine being a 16 year old kid you know thinking about prom but then you got like eighteen thousand people wanting you to score a banger against la galaxy right that's i know right in in cal's case we're talking like junior prom right yeah exactly he's a young guy yeah, but he but he does seem like you said he does seem a lot really mature for his age, and I know I wasn't like that when I was sixteen. No, I certainly wasn't. I was a shrimp <laughs> man when I was sixteen years old. I'd be embarrassed to even show a picture of myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get, we'll get that uh, on 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 the YouTube. No. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm sure if you looked it up, you couldn't find it. No, I'm I'm older than than you probably think. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't have social media when I was sixteen. Whoa. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean. I was yeah, born we, in the 80s, man. I don't know if you knew this. I was born no, in the 80s. Oh, no, I didn't. You don't look like yeah. it. That's for sure. <laughs> that's one thing with the show. It's like nobody ever actually sees what I look like. They just hear my voice. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. But, yeah, I was yeah. born in the mid-80s. So, I've, I've been around for a minute. I, I've only been following the Quakes, actually, since, like, 2009, which okay. is a long time compared to a lot of folks who are following the team now. Yeah. But, um, but I've shoot, I've been a sports fan, like, my whole life. And soccer right. didn't become an important part of my life until – right around that time. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was going to ask you a couple of questions kind of, yeah, man, we, we want to go ahead and know a little more about the backstory of quakes after 90. I, I bet a lot of our listeners are fans of your show as well, or your guys' show. And sure, we would sure. love to know what made you just start the show. I know you guys, um, I mean, got me to get into podcasting. So I thank you. I mean, you guys led the way for a lot of us. I'd love to hear it, man. Yeah. I love that. So what, what brought you on to making podcasts back when you made the first one? Um, all right. I got to like measure my words here <laughs> because I have noticed over the years, cause we initially started back in 2014. It was, um, the Genesis was on the, the subreddit, the earthquake subreddit. Yeah. A post got put out. I don't remember who it was. I think it was bill mid. Um, mm. and, and, and a bunch of people hopped on initially. And then once it like distilled over time, it just yeah. became like me and bill and then Dom and then Dom came on a few shows after we had started. Wow. And then later on down the line, Zach joined us too. Okay. Um, and then yeah, so, so you asked like, wh- you know, how it all got started. Well, and this is why I'm measuring my words because I have a lot of respect for the writers and especially, you know, um, the occupationally, right. It's a tough job. Yeah. They don't make a lot of money right. and they're doing something they love. Exactly. And, and, and I, I had always felt uh, with respect to all the really good writers out there who've covered the quakes and MLS soccer over the years, yeah. but I felt that they had to work within confines. And we wanted to create a podcast where there weren't those confines. And yeah. so I don't want to name drop because I've done that before. And I think that's actually hurt uh, our listenership a little bit because yeah. I, it's, it's insulting to, to, to probably, I can imagine it's really insulting to hear that from a yeah. group of guys who don't know squat, right? That we're exactly. just like dudes who talk about the earthquakes. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, there were some writers that we felt who were very good at their jobs, but they were limited. And we wanted to have a show in which we didn't have those boundaries in our way. Where if somebody had a bad performance, like a player, yeah. we can say, you know what, that guy had a crap performance, and right. and we'll and we'll just hit him on it. And 
Um, and that's nothing bad against the player. They're professionals, you know. They're going to be analyzed for their performances. Right. And we just felt that, you know, a lot of the guys who were in the game at the time weren't really doing that. So that was kind of like a big part of it for me. And I know mm. for Dom and, and for Bill to a certain extent too. And I, I don't want to speak for those guys, but I know that we've had those discussions. And so um, I kind of know that a little bit about their perspective. But to, to go back to um, initially starting, so we were on the subreddit. And, and me and Bill, like, we were actually serious about doing this thing. And the first yeah. podcast we ever did, I can remember, um, <laughs> I think it was the first one. It was one of the first couple. Okay. was a game against the Columbus crew. And, man, we really, like, dug in and we, we analyzed it. And, yeah. and at the time, that's kind of what the podcast was. And then over time, if you've ever listened to the show, we really fill up the air with, like, banter and just yeah. having fun. And Studs and Duds came along. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. The, the Studs and Duds soundbite that I probably got here somewhere, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to hear it later on in the show, I can actually hit it. So, so um, do you have, like, a sound bar? Is that, is that how it works? Or so, like a, originally, like a- so everything – so the funny thing is, if anybody knows much about podcasting or audio engineering, um everything is like god i I feel like i'm giving away the magic maybe i shouldn't do that but let me just say (laughs) that like i would i would insert so i I used to do a lot of heavy editing in the beginning now what you hear for quicks after 90 is mostly just our own audio files mixed together and it's all raw it's like Mm. we just leave it raw because we've been doing this long enough we know what we sound like we don't have as many fillers as we used to right and (laughs) but um see i just did one yeah yeah (laughs) back then it wasn't like that yeah. Back then, there were a lot of fillers. We were terrified of silence. You know, I know we <laughs> talked about this a little bit prior to yeah. the show. There's power in silence on Definitely. radio. But anyway, I feared those things. And so I heavily edited and, <laughs> and the show was much different back then. Yeah. And now it's just like banter and we have fun. And there's still some good analysis here and there. Yeah, I know, Every once analysis. in a while, we'll say something smart. Bill is particularly good at doing that. <laughs> uh, Dom always has some great insight. And Zach is our historian. And I'm just the guy who, who talks a lot on the show, so there you go yeah that's i mean it's a great concoction for a great podcast i mean you guys are the guys i mean thanks man i work i'm a big fan i know ivan's a big fan as well and if if you guys are listening and you're not on the quakes reddit um please follow make that bigger if you want to add some sort of content to the whole family of content please go ahead and do so we love seeing new quakes content even when even when we're the ones making content too yeah, I I completely support that, and I agree. Like, I've actually been back on the Reddit more recently and yeah. and more often, and I think it's important to engage with other fans. I love the memes. I mean, you can't get those anywhere. That's else. one of the best things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, Twitter sometimes, but on Twitter, like, they're not there for you just to look at. You kind of have to search them out, or you have to be on your right, Twitter yeah. feed. Whereas on Reddit, they're sitting there, and then if they're good, they get upvoted. And- right, right, and it seems like yeah. a little. Uh, it seems like a a really big community when we might not be that big. Right. So it, it doesn't seem it's, it's, we're not, of course we don't have the fans like Atlanta United or LAFC, but if we all do our best to try to, you know, grow this family, then we'll get there no, in no time. So no doubt. Yeah. So let's get to know you a little more, Phil. I got some questions for you. Oh um, man. Let's go, let's go rapid <laughs> fire. All right. Oh so, man. I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. Let's do it. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be a quiz. Um, it, but it's going to be kind of a nice little fun rapid fire answering so that the fans get to know you a little more. Right. Yeah. So let me, let's go with fave favorite quake quakes player. Like all time or current quakes player. Uh, current, current. Sorry. Ah, oh, man, this is rapid fire too. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess I got to say the first name that comes to mind, right? Chris Wondolowski. Okay. There you go. There you go. So favorite former quakes player. 
Stephen Lenhart. No okay. doubt. Stephen Lenhart. Favorite Quakes team? Oh. <laughs> Man, there was something special about that 2010 team, I have to say. Okay. When they, they, I'm not, I'm not going to choose it. I'm gonna, I just want to say this first, okay? okay. This is like, okay. There was something special about that team, and they actually competed in the Eastern Conference final against the Colorado Rapids which is kind of weird. Neither team was an Eastern Conference team, but it, it yeah. ended up that way. But that was so special with, you know, Bobby Convy finally having a performance and Wondolowski mm. scoring in the playoffs against the Red Bulls. Like, yeah, that was fantastic. I'm trying not to curse. I've, I've gotten into the habit <laughs> of cursing on my podcast. I'm trying not to curse. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Um, I, I, had, to... I mean, come on. It's, it's the Goonies, 2012. Okay, that's the, awesome. That team, yeah, man. that's a great choice. So, I mean, yeah. you got you to gotta like them. And then favorite Quakes jersey. I don't even know if I can answer this. this Why? Is, this is hard. <laughs> I haven't loved any of the newer ones, really. Really? Like, the you first, like the black okay, one? Yeah. Uh, the, the one with, you're talking about the one with the Sutter fault Health. lines on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. I'm not going to go hard against it like some folks have. I okay. think it's cool. It's a cool jersey. It's not my favorite. I, I like the pre-new logo jerseys a lot. Like there was one season where they okay. had a third and the third was that white jersey. I actually have one. Oh, wow. I wish I can. I'm not wearing it right now. I'm wearing a different yeah. white jersey right now. But the, the third, I think it was like around 2012, 2013. And I don't mm. know that they, they ever wore it. They may have worn it for a couple of exhibition matches, but not in an official match. Is it there, like was, the... there was the light blue. Like the, and I miss that light blue color too. Mm. That, that almost, not, I don't want to say teal, but it's like going towards that end of the spectrum, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those jerseys and the, the black ones from that era were just fantastic. Oh, if yeah, we're talking new Quakes era, uh, post like what, 2015? Yeah. I would say that, that first black and blue jersey, that, the first one that came out with the new logo. Okay. When they okay. when they did the reveal and everything, and oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was the one like uh, for those of you guys who were around back then when they did the big reveal party over at uh, San Pedro Market Square. Yeah, that was when uh, Lars Fredrickson and the uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of the band right now, which is killing me. But it was Lars Fredrickson's band who came hmm. over and, and played, and he was wearing that that jersey. The guys okay. the guys in the band were wearing those jerseys. So those jerseys have like a special place in my heart. Got I really it. like those too. Okay, and then favorite Quakes moment. Oh, uh, Alan Gordon scoring the goal against the Gordon! Galaxy. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon, Alan Gordon. And then Adam Johns first season, and Adam Johns chasing behind him and everything. But man, that whole, okay, so that whole sequence is the greatest moment that I can recall in Quakes. Yeah. The recent Quakes history. Um, obviously, there's like the big George Best goal from back when he played on the Quakes back in the you know, early yeah. 80s or whatever. But I think that's like, that was a defining moment in the history of the team. You know, the, showing Definitely. the resilience, the, go the Goonie mentality. You know? Right. Kind of corny to say that, but the never say die mentality, right? That was yeah. real. And that whole sequence, Marvin Chavez burning down that left flank. Right. And then just completely, just completely dropping Garza, uh, De La Garza yeah. to the ground. And then Cronin. And, and then, yeah. yeah, crossing the, <laughs> dude, crossing that ball into, I think first it went to Shea Salinas and then it went to Sam Cronin. Yeah. And actually, man, now that I'm saying Sam Cronin's name aloud, he's got to be right up there next to Lenhart with my all-time favorite Quakes player. I love yeah. Sam Cronin. And then he just, he just lofted that beautiful pass. I know, right? Beautiful. To, that, to, the, to the left post. I, can't, I don't know if I can say back post or, or whatever. Yeah. It, it, was, it was on the left side, right? Because he was facing. Yeah, exactly. The, he was facing goal. So he, he just chips it perfectly. And he had two options, man. Right. There were two guys. He had Adam John. He had Alan Gordon. Alan Gordon just dunked it. And it, it was right. just, it was, man. And I was, was there. Like a dunk. 
I was there. Yeah, I was there at the. Oh, game. you were there. I was there. I was there okay. at both of those. Uh, when and Shea Salinas did it too when he scored the the game winner against Galaxy. I think the following year, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, 20, 2013 at Stanford Stadium. But um, man, that was a hell of a moment. That was yeah. A, that was a heck of a moment. That well, was just, if, that was it. You know how Sam Cronin was on the ball. If it was Utsen, that would have been the upper deck. All right. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Utsen. Utsen, great player. I love him. I love what he can do. Uh, but yeah, that's not really his forte. Yeah, but that was a. So I was editing our 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 um our podcast a little bit ago, and I was rewatching that clip because I was using it for one of our podcasts, and I was like, man, that's such a nice ball from Sam Cronin. It was like, perfect. Insanely it nice. It couldn't have been done better. It couldn't have been better. Right. Cronin was such an underrated player. Now he he was not. That wasn't really his forte either. <laughs> it's funny, right. like the lobbed pass wasn't wasn't always his thing. But he could make some great uh, lobbed passes across the pitch yeah. to kind of switch play a little bit. Um, but he had so many great attributes that I love to see in players. And and really, this was my bias back then, and it is a little bit now. Yeah. Um, I felt like Sam Cronin's style of play really um, exemplified the American style of athletics. Mm. Like it was hard nosed lunch pail yeah. get in there get the job done don't complain play for the guys around you it was right. it was that that's the kind of player that sam cronin was and and on top of it man he can really hit some nice passes on the ground mm. he, I, I remember he scored a couple goals that were just grass cutters man just yeah. and baseball we would call that a seeing eye uh, hit <laughs> right so that's he was great at that yeah we don't really like you guys were talking about on your last or one of the episodes before on quakes after 90 we don't really have a lunch pail guy anymore i mean once wando has gone we we really don't have a no i think you know there are a couple guys who are friends you know garam kashia i kind of feel like is is on that on that, okay yeah i can see that, that end of the scale a little bit i can see him being that kind of guy but yeah, yeah you're your day in day out hard working guy is yeah you don't see that too much, not especially in the midfield. I mean, with Shea Salinas, yes, you do see that. Yeah. But he's not hes not um, kind of what I'm talking about in terms of, of your midfield players. So when I when I talk about that kind of a lunch pail player, I'm talking yeah. about your, you know, more in the in the style of Sam Cronin, a guy who comes in and, and just does the dirty work. Kind of like you your know, Chara, I, right? Judson is kind of, kind of like that in some ways, I would yeah. say. Yeah, Diego Chara, um, although Diego Chara is a spectacular player. You yeah. Know, he goes beyond that even. Mm. Um, I wish I had a better example. There was a guy who played for the Philadelphia Union for several years in the, uh, you know, in the 2000s and the, the early, you know, 2010s. Yeah. And uh, it's O'Brien oh, Carroll. He's mm. the perfect example of that type of player. Brian Carroll. So you get guys like that on your team. It just makes everybody better. Jeff Lerinowitz for Atlanta United oh, okay. is a yeah, really yeah. good example. Um, he's that kind of player. So mm. those kind of guys who are leaders and they just do the dirty work and they go in, there's nothing spectacular. They're not going to always make the highlight reels. Those right. are the kind of players you need on the team. So Sam Cronin, yeah, perfect example. Okay. From the team. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I, that was a dunk though. I mean, literally puts the ball perfectly and then gets up there. Like he's some sort of like possessed, a dunker i mean some some sort of possessed yeah. basketball player Jump man. yeah literally it just <laughs> places it is right alley oop man it was that was that was pippin to jordan or, or whatever you know yeah. that was just in yeah it was magic then, it was it was magic but it, it, that has to be i mean the quakes don't get enough love in the in the bay area media circle but that that call um has to be one of the best calls yeah. I would say one of it the was great. I, you know what? I, I people hate on Dan Dibley, but I really enjoyed when he was when he was calling for the team. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, thought, you, I I thought he was him great. all the time. He had a couple of great calls. Yeah, uh, he's on ninety five seven. Is he still on ninety five seven? Yeah, he is. Yeah, Dan Dibley yeah, in the morning. He's he's, he's great. And yeah. he, there was another famous call he did. It was the uh, he had a lot of opportunities to do this. Yeah, and he actually wasn't the the full time commentator, play by play commentator during that time. 
Um, I don't remember the other gentleman's name at, at the moment, but mm. Dibley also did the call on the Stephen Linhart game winner on Stephen Linhart oh. uh, wig night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's blonde-haired bedlam at Buckshaw yeah, Stadium. Yeah. That, was, that was Dibley, too. And then it cuts to all the people with the, the wig. Yeah, it yeah. was wonderful. I was there for that one, too. I used to be a season ticket holder, so oh, I cool, was there cool. and you know for the, a lot of those games. Yeah, I mean, before COVID, right, we, we had Alanis game game winner, and uh, me and my wife were there with, uh, I think, uh, uh, Seismic Imperial. Uh, I'm, I'm dropping the name, but the, the Latin supporters group, Okay. Um, and we were just out there and I've never seen so much beer go in the air, man. It was insane. So it was their guy scoring a free kick winner. So they yeah. were just going crazy. Is it, uh, in Imperio Sismico or something? Yeah. Like that? Imperio. See, you know, it's funny. I'm Latin. I'm Uruguay. Yeah, me too. Right? <laughs> but I'm hella white. I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I'm hella white. <laughs> my mom's white and I got most of like her genes or whatever. My dad is from Mexico. So like, okay. that's why my last name is Leva. I have a Mexican last name. So okay. I'm, I'm hella white, dude. Like I'm not going to try to pretend, you know, like I'm, I'm full, like I'm passing. Um, and I, I really, I'm not going to go into the, the racial thing. Uh, yeah. Right I mean, now. me and I haven't talked about it. We, we, yeah, we talked about how we're both white passing. Uh, mm-hmm. Latinos and we we did we we have to do our part to make sure that people absolutely. understand absolutely yeah. so when I say I don't want to go into it it's not because I don't think it's important it's just because yeah. you know we're here to talk about some other stuff right, right now right, and I, right. I do think that there's time for that but maybe you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and continue okay. talking about our favorite soccer team yeah right now and yeah. then um one last question I know this was rapid fire right <laughs> I know oh man so rapid <laughs> but um favorite thing to eat at the stadium or drink Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to cheat a little bit on this one because okay. I don't normally eat at the stadium. Oh, okay. Um, it could be outside or it could be pregame. Yeah, so, be- okay, so pregame, uh, and I don't know if I'm, like, breaking the rules by saying the name of a restaurant or whatever, but <laughs> no, there's, a, uh, there's a Japanese, like, ramen place down the oh, street dope. on Coleman Avenue, uh, Men Bay. Okay. Ramen. And, man, that place is awesome like so I, I so i go there quite often i actually took zach there my wife and i took zach there with us one time zach from awesome. after 90 yeah uh, to eat and yeah so they have really good ramen there and they have a couple other really good things but man i think at the stadium like i might have a beer you know like i might okay. go to the international bar or whatever uh, yeah. whatever they call that it's not lobina <laughs> well i mean there's a lobina too for sure but yeah on the, if you go uh the exact opposite oh side you of the go stadium, to the international beer yeah or whatever beer i don't know is it international i don't know but yeah. it's like it's yeah, on I, know the, I guess i'd be on the west end of the stadium right so it's yeah. over on that side behind where the ultras normally are yeah so yeah like i'll usually go because that's normally um that's our meetup spot normally like okay. when things are regular like me dom bill like zach if we're at the stadium like that's normally at halftime we'll go meet up there we'll talk about what happened in the first half we'll kind of like shoot oh, the breeze, awesome. chop it up a little bit yeah. and then we'll normally go back to our seats so mm. yeah so this is like the, the thing is that's really important to us in doing quicks after 90 is we're we're fans and we're willing yeah. to admit that we're fans and we're not going to try to like and we, yes we've been called pundits and all that kind of stuff too but like we're not trying to pretend that we are um, part of the the journalistic element. Yeah. Like we are in a sense, we kind of are, and we put ourselves yeah. out there, but like, we're not in the, we're not in the press box or anything, you know, we're yeah. fans. And that's why like, we never got our press passes. Yeah. Because we wanted to enjoy the game from the seats the, as fans. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever have people come to me? Oh my God, look, it's Phil Leva and Dom. Oh man, no, no, we're not like famous people, man. I'm just a dude, man. I'm just a dude. But you think no, you- I, I would say like, I've, uh, it's funny, like a couple times because, I just like talking like I've had people be like oh yeah I recognize your voice or it's funny one time I had a listener recognize me at the at the my my place of occupation oh wow like, yeah because I've you know I've been a high school teacher for several years and I've worked full-time for for several years and um I'm I'm doing something else right now but this was I think it was last year we had a listener wow. 
who, uh, who saw me at work. I, I taught at Pittsburgh High School for several years and his daughter um, was playing a sport. Oh, wow. And, and was within the same like, you know, uh, yeah. conference or whatever, whatever they call it. So, so yeah, awesome. I, guess, I guess sometimes <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes that happens. But or yeah. like when you, uh, when, you, when you just yell Tom or something at the stadium, they're like, holy, oh my God, it's, it's the Quakes yeah. after 90 people. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't well, know about I, all that. I'm just I, a dude, man. I'm just a guy <laughs> who started a, a podcast uh, several years ago and some people listen to it and every once in a while they recognize my voice or maybe yeah. they'll have seen my face on Twitter uh, or something <laughs> like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, bluegrass, right? That's what it's about. So grassroots oh grassroots, grassroots. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i got my you. bad my bad my no bad. it's all good yeah dude bluegrass music bro you did, bluegrass you music oh man hardly strictly <laughs> just yeah but um uh what i was gonna say is ramen before a game are you wearing a jersey are you that balls oh no they had yeah. no man uh so that's funny that you say that because i've had that happen before like <laughs> so i've been i mean obviously covid times right now i've gained some weight and everything like not a lot but like i've gained some weight but yeah even shoot even when i was like at my thinnest you know when yeah. i yeah, because yeah, you know I, I can fit into a a authentic medium okay when I'm in shape like just fine like it looks no great. I mean like like not to, not, to, not to talk myself up too much but no but yeah but then I eat a bowl of ramen and you're like your belly just sticks out no, I'm it's not like Naruto you ever watched about stains like stains getting stains on your on your jersey oh okay it's funny that my mind went there first yeah um, yeah no 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 so yeah stains on your jersey Naruto stomach like fully out like yeah that's definitely that's definitely all part of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we got to, we got to know the Phil Leva, you know, the, <laughs> the. Yeah. So, Thanks, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we're going to go into talking a little bit about our, our team that we're here to talk about. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a little bit of quakes news. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before about Danny Husin mm-hmm. um, going uh, under for oblique surgery. So uh, oblique, yeah, the, the uh, abductor muscle, he went, in for surgery it went successful um performed by dr williams brown so is expected to be sidelined for the remainder of this season phil do we have to fill that spot uh well i think that i think the answer is yes yeah and there's room right like i, I just feel like that's something and but that's something that the quicks already needed right this isn't really new i mean houston has been injured off and on throughout the season right and the quakes says the quakes have needed something more in that position yeah the fact that andy rios has been sitting there um has maybe made it you know even more obvious to fans like i don't know but i i know that talking with my quakes friends that's something that we identified long ago with the forward position has been problematic and you can't rely on a 37 year old (laughs) man as as much as we love him chris wandalowski right to continue to fulfill that role especially um, under matias almeida's system and wando is still all over the pitch at times. We saw that in the LAFC game, right? He was all he was all yeah. over the pitch at, at times. And you can't expect him to do that. Even though he was a, a cross-country runner at De La Salle High School back in the day, <laughs> even though he, you know, he could have gotten a scholarship to do that in college and did soccer instead and went right. to, um, you know, Chico State to Chico, do that. Yeah, yeah I, it's just like you can't rely on that. So, yeah, there needs to be. But also I think it adds another dimension to the team when you have somebody who can hold the ball really well and who's a good passer. Now, Andy Rios is a decent passer. I think that's – watching the last couple of games i think that's the one i remember and i was very critical of andy rios and i still am i'm not holding back on that but i I said to myself what box does he check off for uh you know when it comes to the different aptitudes that a player has like what is he good at to put it simply and i think that's the thing is is he can pass occasionally he'll hit a decent shot you know he scored he scored goals you know like he's done it in his career but um 
but it's not enough. So to go back to the original thing, the mm -hmm. question about filling that spot. Yes, I think the Quakes need to bring in somebody who can hold the ball, a true number nine player, and who can change the pace of the game yeah. in two different ways. To calm the team, you know, once they get into the 18, mm -hmm. to really like bring it down and, and do what the best teams in the world do, which is execute in the 18-yard box, in and around the 18-yard box. Right. Who have that sense of this is just part of the game and we're going to score a goal. Right, because right. the crap teams, what happens when they get to the 18-yard box? They, the player gets the ball. They get all antsy. They get nervous. Right. They do a quick pass, and then next thing you know, the other team is in possession or the other team is counterattacking. Um, so we need somebody who can do that. But also, I think, especially with this team, it helps to have somebody who can keep up the tempo of play, who can right. keep the team moving, moving. forward when yeah. they're in possession. Um, and I know that seems kind of like, you know, like, um, what's a good word for it? Like you know, two different things. Oxymoronic maybe is a way to say it, but mm. like, because it, it's two different skills, right? But yeah. I think it's important to have a player who can do that. And I don't think Andy Rios is doing either one of those things. So if we can get somebody to do one of the two, yeah. then you actually have a dimension of attack. You know, whether you're steady and poised and methodical in your attack, or you go right in and you just like shove it down the other team's throat, you know? Like, because I think that the Quakes can do that too. And, and this system, especially early on in the game, before the subs, and perhaps even later on. So yeah. Yeah. So going back to your uh, Andy Rios uh, tidbit, he actually did a really good job doing those same kind of across the field passes that er Magnus Erickson was doing. So I thought he was, do he did, I think he delivered about three of them where I was like, okay, I mean, he did, a he got he, the, um, someone threw the ball into him and then he just quickly turned yes. and, and passed it over to the other side it's, of the field. Yeah. I actually had that in my notes from the game. Um, yeah. I wrote down Andy Rios again, looking uninspired. However, <laughs> that was yeah, the first thing yeah. I wrote down. However, right after that, I wrote nice ball to switch play in the 19th minute. And yeah. then again, right after in the 20th minute he did. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And it's funny that you mentioned that you bring that up because that's not even what my initial thought was in terms of his passing. Like every yeah. once in a while, he'll have a quick like flick pass or something. And he's capable of doing that. He's right. capable of, of keeping the tempo of the play up, but he just hasn't been doing it. And I, exactly. I don't know if it's a motivation thing or if it's a fitness thing. Or it almost if it's looks simply, like it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I can only guess. I can only guess what's going on. But striker, obviously he's got something. Yeah. If he, if he was able to play like a team for like Club America, like right. he's got something. Yeah. Um, the player that you were describing uh, with the two uh, traits that we can go ahead and see that we need is kind of a player like Rui Diaz for Seattle. I mean, exactly. Does, that's a great, a example. great job um, doing both of those things. Oh, he's a speedster. Uh, yeah. That's a perfect example. I think a guy like Rui Diaz to, to come in and, and play that role. You know, yeah. I, I think that changes the dynamic of a team. It completely changes the dynamic. Definitely. Of a team. Yeah, and Seattle, I mean, is wreaking the benefits. They brought in Lodato. They still have Jordan. And they have two. They have Jordan Morris, too. Yeah, right. Both of those guys can do that. And, more. I mean, Morris is like a freaking Swiss Army knife, man. I, yeah. I, I love to watch him. He's a great player. But yeah, like, it's fun. He's fun. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's fun. I think he's great in this. I'm, I'm so glad he stayed in MLS. I think he, he's doing, overall, his career, it's going to be better that he stayed here in the States and played. You think like, so? It's just, I think so. I mean, he could have had some success in Europe. Who knows? But I don't think he was going to find like Premier League success or anything think, like that. Do you think he could like maybe find some, at least like some second tier European league success? I think so. Maybe like the Netherlands. I mean, I think or... he could even find first tier European success, okay. but I don't know that that's what's best. For, I don't know. Like, and, and when we say success, right, that's super subjective. Like, what does right. that mean? Does he get some minutes? Does he score goals? Like, right. I think he can get some time. 
with a good team in Europe, yeah. with a decent team. I mean, he can definitely play in the champion, the English championship, and that's a great league. Yeah. You know, he can definitely play there, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, maybe he can find uh, somewhere in, in Germany, right? Yeah. Uh, American players have found success in Germany. So I, I think it's possible that Morris could have. I think it's possible that he, he can even now. Yeah. But man, he's got such a good he's thing great. going on in Seattle. And he's, yeah. he's a good player. I don't know if I want to say that he is. So Dom, it's funny because the other day I was talking to Dom. And I think it was actually on the podcast. Mm. And he said, like, in his opinion, I, I completely disagree with this. Sorry, Dom. He said <laughs> Jossie Zardes is the best striker in the pool right now for the United yeah. States. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I completely disagree with that. But um, I, think <laughs> Morris most- is, I think Morris is up there in that discussion when it comes yeah. to, like, Jossie Definitely. Zardes and stuff too. But I don't know if he's quite the one. Zardes might be the one, the best on form right now. That's that's most sure. definitely. And yeah. don't get me wrong, man. Josh's artist is great. I, I love watching him play. His touch um, has gotten better. And that was the <laughs> biggest gripe that people had against him. Right. I, I do like Josh's artist a lot. Even when he was with the Galaxy, I enjoyed watching him play. Um, but I don't know that he's the number one in the striker pool. I still am big on on Josie. I know a lot of people don't like Josie. As yeah, much. I like Josie too. But like I, pure pure skill, if he's in shape, I think is the best striker in the pool. Yeah. I think Josh Sargent, um, who's currently in Germany right now, I think he's he's pretty talented. Yeah. Um, and then there are other guys. Timothy Weah is great. Like mm. you have some up and comers who are, are, you know, have the potential to play moving forward for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, Jordan Morris is about twenty-five, right? If I'm getting that right. I Around haven't. Uh, yeah, man, it's hard to keep track. Uh, that sounds right. Because he, he, he sounds got right. Out of college, right? At twenty-three, and he's been playing for maybe. Yeah, it, it's so cool. And actually, I think um, RSL has a player who played with with Jordan Morris. So they're yeah, they're probably about the same. I think. Baird is that his name? Baird. Mm, yeah, Corey, yeah. Corey, Corey Baird. Corey Bard. Um, Baird, I think. Anyway, yeah, and and he's very talented too. But well, but yeah, so he's probably he's probably a little older. I want to say twenty seven. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. And confirm. So what I was we saying, have the we have the internet. We can look things up. Yeah. But I was saying, I mean, imagine being you know twenty five to twenty seven years old playing for one of the best teams in MLS, and you're still gonna get looks for the U.S. national team, and you got a lot of fans out there loving you in seattle why would you yeah leave? i mean i don't i don't yeah see. i mean and you're right he is 25 just to confirm yeah, but 25. I, you know what i uh, he might move across the atlantic and find yeah. success across the pond who knows across <laughs> the pond across the pond he can move across the pond and find success man i i i wouldn't be surprised if it happened yeah i just I'm don't know there's not I mean, a lot of suitors i'm amazed that we don't see rumors who knows like man who knows there there might be there were I, I thought there were rumors i mean he did go over and train in I want to say in Germany, mm. like for a quick stint, right? But this happens to a lot of players. Like even like I mean, like Nick Lima went overseas and trained, right? Right, so like, right. Like like any any national team prospects will go over and do this. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Europe. But I I think man, he he should be like like Wando, spend his time here in the states. You know, yeah. Buy a straight here. I think he's good for the league. Uh, he's a great role model. You know, he's a, he's a straightforward guy. He's he's one yeah. of he's diabetic, and he shows oh, that wow. he he can play despite his uh, type one diabetes. And hmm. it's just he's just a great guy all around. Love Jordan yeah. Morris. Morris. We're, we're we're talking about Jordan Morris because he burnt us like <laughs> no player has ever. Yeah. Burnt us. So the, 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 <laughs> newer Quakes fans know him as the guy who just completely toasted Florian Youngwood. Yeah. Uh, and they, yeah. <laughs> and they made like bazillion highlight reels of it with drone footage and everything. <laughs> Yeah, but um, appropriate, appropriate, I would say, and yeah. and it was yeah necessary. So uh, yeah, that was a really bad moment for the team. Yeah. That is the worst moment. I, can I think that's of. the low light of in this terms season, of a tactical actually. breakdown. In terms of tactical, break- and yeah, it was a seven-one loss that too. Yeah, and I would say because all the pundit, all the big American pundits were reposting that one, it was like, oh, that's not a good look for us at all. Yeah. So and then that brought a lot of criticism onto Matias Almeida and how yeah. he's running his system too. 
which I know is another topic that we can talk about. I don't know if we're yeah. ready for that quite yet, or yeah. if we want to continue talking about the the game. The news, yeah. Let me, let yeah, me. LA so, or the news. Oh God, I don't even know yeah. where we are. Yeah. So we kind of uh, we went off on a little tangent. We're having a little bit of fun, um, but so really quickly, the Quakes actually got fined for their antics after the goal that they scored against LAFC. Um, uh, players Yudsin and Paul Marie were in violation of the league's policy regarding entering the field of play. Both players have been issued an undisclosed fee for their actions in the 94th minute of San Jose's match against LAFC. Um, what do you think of that, Phil? I think it's stupid. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, that's that's my opinion. But I'm look. I've been a big uh, American football fan for several years, and I've been you know I've I've seen the changes that the NFL has made and and college football as well. Um, the NCAA and, and yeah. the, the changes and rules that have been made about celebrating. And it's like, come on, this is a big moment for the team. Right. Let them do their thing. Like, but yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the whole context. And you said, I, I'm sorry. I didn't even really like yeah. catch this news. So yeah, who are the players it, um, that got fined. It came out, it came out today. It was undisclosed. Um, so I'm in the camp that man, this is like the no fun league right now. What's going on? Yeah. It, wait, it, wait. So were these players, these were players who uh, were on the bench or they've been, and they ran out already. onto the field to celebrate. Yeah. So I, I understand why I understand why they, they did that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, Hey, give the players a warning, tell them to go back. Say, if this happens again, yeah. then we'll find you set a precedent I, uh, for the team and right. in, in the moment, right. A, a current one, a current precedent set one for the team, particularly man. Cause come on. You score a goal at the end of the match in the 94th minute. Yeah. Let the let the players celebrate. Right. And if they right. step over the line a little bit, get them back in line, get the game going and let, it's just another like dumb thing from the disco, yeah. honestly. Um I I saw a couple of things on Twitter saying, "Oh, this is a the MLS or the disco protecting their baby in LAFC." I mean, <laughs> they didn't want to have people celebrating against their team, their baby. Stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I agree, but I would say that it's there is there have been moments in which the league protects there. We've seen it with LA Galaxy, no doubt. Yeah, there are facts definitely. there that, that prove that. But the fourth, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with it in this case. But it's a, it's a silly, you know, it's a, it's a interesting sentiment. You know, I, I think it's possible. We don't even get Varlov, and now we're just getting fined. All right, I mean, <laughs> I know that's the truth. Yeah, but what's up with Varlov? Like, who do we have to? I mean, who is on just? Not like the Vaco goal that happened. Why not just go to no, the block? I, I, I don't real know. Quick? I, that was terrible. But let me tell you something, man. In this league for the earthquakes, it's not. It goes beyond that. It's also the right. penalty calls as well. There has been a recent history of this for this team. Mm. And when I say recent, I mean actually like several years consecutively in which yeah. the team just doesn't get the calls. Right. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not too surprised by this. I'm kind of a honestly when I see Tommy in the game and and gets that call i i honestly feel like even if it's a flop it's making yeah, up for it was definitely an embellishment yeah but yeah. i would say that the 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 call was necessary it was a necessary call mm-hmm. but let's not be <laughs> let's not kid ourselves tommy yeah. like went down purposefully yeah. to get the call but right. considering the context it was the right call mm. even if it looked like a flop <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another another bit of news i know ivan wanted us to talk about this um this is going to be a little bit in the realm of what's going on in the world right now um since ivan is from san diego he wanted to talk about landon donovan's team a bit the san diego loyal um they actually forfeited their second straight game due to a race or a not a racial slur i I believe it's um, derogatory slur to um, an openly gay player. At yeah, it was, it was a homophobic Lowell. slur. It was a homophobic yeah, slur. Homophobic that was slur. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they went up to the ref and they told the ref, but 
I believe the slur was in a different language. So the ref actually didn't know what the slur was. So he didn't call the game. Right. And players like Landon Donovan, who've been around the game a long time, right. know those terms, right? Some of us have, may have heard that on the pitch before yeah. playing against people who use that kind of language. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. It's, I mean, should we just give our opinions on this? Because personally, yeah, no, I no, feel no, like just, I, I think whatever Landon yeah. felt was appropriate in the moment was the right thing to do. And he yeah. felt that taking his team off the pitch. I think I list, I saw some of this. Um, mm-hmm. I saw some of the video. And I think the big concern with Donovan, and I could be wrong here, mm-hmm. is that the ref was unwilling to give that player a red card and remove him from the game. And right. that's why they conceded. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what it was. Because then he was like, fine, if you're not going to recognize that this is a problem in the game. And We're going to leave. Is, this yeah. yeah exactly that this is completely inappropriate right we're, ta- we're taking we're not going to play we're not going to play on the same field with someone who is not willing to recognize this sort of behavior yeah from a player which is inappropriate and they were up 3-1 i believe and then they yeah. conceded the game 0-3 after but they the, left lennon donovan is a legend right right yeah they they so, should definitely so, well they, this I'm sure is... even the san diego fans are just like all right you know we we put our faith in yeah and, it, and that's ivan ivan's a, a loyal fan as well so um they completely understand why they did it and they actually forfeit their second straight game so we should definitely see how this new story kind of evolves throughout sure. our, our, our podcast and see what goes on because they do need to make some changes and the usl is kind of just dropping the ball on this i mean they're not doing anything about it so, Fabi, I got a question for you because I, yeah. I, this is a big contentious point with me and a lot of my Quakes friends, and I, I might be on the minority here. Yeah. How do you feel about Landon Donovan as a former Quakes player and as a fan? You know, I think I personally don't like that he went to Everton to play, you know, for Europe and then come back and play for the Galaxy. I think okay. uh, I, I, I like him, though. I mean, he, he got some championships. We would have got some more if we didn't go to Houston. So. Yes. Um, I think he's an American legend. I'm a big American soccer fan. Me too. So, Me too. so I, I, I don't hold too many grudges against people. I cool. think it's all, it's all about the love of the sport and you can't be, I mean, we're not talking about Barcelona rail, you know, we're not talking about Liverpool man, man United. Um, but it is a really big rivalry, but I think unfortunately I understand it. So, yeah. And I, I actually, I, I'm not even on, I'm not even on the fence about this. I love Landon Donovan. Yeah. Here, period. I, yeah. I love what he did for the quicks and he was here. He's from Southern California. Right. Right. And yeah. um, it's funny. We mentioned the favorite quakes moment. Yeah. Um, my favorite moment ever in sports, including like every sport mm-hmm. is when Landon Donovan scored against Algeria in the yeah. World Cup in yeah. 2010. That is my favorite moment in sports. It's a great so, moment. <laughs> no matter what Donovan did in MLS against the Quakes or whatever, right. I don't care. And actually, it was <laughs> – this is bad, but I remember yeah. when uh, he came back. I think it was – there was an exhibition match, and he was playing with Leon, and he scored against the Quakes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This was only a couple years ago, but that yeah, was, even, even then I was like, all right, all right, whatever, whatever, man. He's no yeah. Judas to me. He's just Landon. Yeah. To, so to me, it's like there needs to be villains. And yeah. I like that he's a villain um, because I like, the, I like the narrative, right? I, I'm just like one of the fans that want to hate a guy and hating LA, losing a guy because LA's flashier and nicer and they yeah. offered him, I believe it was more money and things like that. Yeah. 
is, is it's fun. It's it's all a part of the emotion. I, you know, what, thank you, thank you for saying that because yeah. I was afraid people were going to tune out of the podcast because they're like, no. screw this Phil guy coming on here and ruining tectonic <laughs> takes. Yeah, no, because no. I know I know I'm in the minority in that opinion, but yeah, I, I I feel it. Like I get it, and I I agree. I think it's kind of funny to have not funny, but I think it's good so, to have that that villain. You know? Yeah. So if you if you've heard, uh, I'm Uruguayan, so Suarez is our guy. So I oh god, it. man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, so man. I understand. I understand the villain. I I like I like him being the villain. I think guys he, got some chompers, man. He plays his role. Hey, man. Some guys when they're on the pitch, they they will do. And I'm not talking about the size of the team. I'm talking about like he is chomping down on other players. <laughs> yeah, of course, dude. <laughs> I remember that game. I was so mad. I was like, because Uruguay looked like they could almost win it all or even make the semis or something, and he does that, and I'm just like, dude, yeah, man. I defended him all this with Patrick. Uh, I know, and I I, 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 and I like uh, Liverpool and everything, so I guess it's kind of. But uh, man, yeah, <laughs> what is? Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, okay, so you're going, so yeah, Lodetto, right? Is is your yeah? Going. So there's there's, yep. some, there's see, a see, lot of talent in such a small country. Right, right, and I, it, they, 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 they won the first breed. World Cup, like yeah, yeah, we're lucky. So I have a lot of Mexican friends that just like the you know Mexico recently one against Uruguay. I think it was a Confederation Cup, but they always rubbed it in my face and I always told them, you know what? When you guys win a World Cup, we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> that's all you got to say. That's yeah. all you got to say. For American fans, it's dos a cero. That's all you got to say. Yeah, man. but you know what's funny? The the first World Cup that the Uruguay won was against the United States. So And what, that was in 1930-something? I mean, yeah, yeah, like 1950. <laughs> yeah, so. No one remembered. Nobody was But that's the craziest thing. So, I mean, we were up there, and then we just declined, and then we're yeah, back yeah, on, yeah. Up, on, or up on the uphill swing. Yeah, yeah no, I got you, bro. Just yeah. anyway. We're, we're, okay, I feel like we took quite a tangent here. So yeah, where we're, are we? We're, this I'm, is I'm not the host we... of this show, but yeah, it's just no, like I a got tendency it. that I have. I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. This is Tatonic Takes, where we go on tangents. I mean, if you want to listen to soccer, no. <laughs> but um, all right, let's get into the LAFC game. So, Phil, this is an honor to have you on because this oh, really? is the first Tatonic Takes episode that is a win. Oh, so we have. Hey, I don't. I don't know what. Show. I don't. I really don't know what that feels like much. Yeah, either, this so is. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first show with the win. All right. I've yeah, always been yeah. really optimistic, and now we can finally bask in it. Right. So yeah, exactly. Oh. Do you have any notes about the game that you? I got a, to- I got a few. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's necessary to go over go over everything. Um, but okay. But yeah, I might have a couple of tectonic takes in my <laughs> okay. notes. So now, one of the big ones um, for me, and I think fans are starting to agree, is uh, Marcos Lopez is really yeah. starting to come into his own in that position, the left back position. Mm. And I said quite a while back now, yeah, Lopez is perhaps the best. Uh, crosser from the left side of the pitch on this team oh well wow. he's starting to show it uh and yeah. you, you see him on, on corners and stuff too i mean he, he's good at delivering he delivers a good ball in mm. so maybe that's not a tectonic t- that's not a huge <laughs> yeah. t- but we'll just say um, yeah. no, it's, that's, that- it's fair to recognize how much improved yeah. lopez is from last season and also we have to uh, mention that fierro is actually much improved as from from right. where he's been playing too and right. i think actually a lot of the team hinges on performances from guys like this. Yeah, um, even You know, even though it's a one, two spots on the pitch, uh, and especially Fierro, because I think, like, when he's playing well, the team plays well. Right. Like, I, that's what I'm seeing from him. So, yeah. Um, so he looked he looked really inspired. And it's, yeah. it's crazy because he kind of just came on as a, a, a late sub in a lot of games. Like, I think it was the end of last season and then seeing him this year kind of here and there. And when I see him on the pitch now, 
he looks like he is a really like like he's been woven into the fabric of the team like he's an important part of this team already in a couple games so I think it's it's great to see him performing at such a level and when you have Lopez Fierro Jackson Yule all these guys performing well like they did in in this match Mm -hmm. you're gonna start seeing wins right um, because the the players are confident in one another and when they're confident in one another they can um rely on one another to make the you know the smart right. plays yeah in this type of a system yeah so just kind of on the on the tidbits that you were talking about we did pay a big chunk of change for marcos lopez so we did expect him to kind of be something because five hundred thousand from this organization is not cheap right so, and and he's like a uh, a huge prospect right he's only 20 yeah. years old he's right. a peruvian international player he's getting call-ups to the national team this has already yeah. been a thing for a while right but yes and at first, it didn't seem like that bet paid off, did it? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty right. bad. It seemed like um, – but, but Carlos – speaking about that, Carlos Fierro, it looks like he might be peeling off that bus label pretty pretty quickly. If he I hope so. On, yeah, if he keeps on playing the way he's playing, people can't really give Jesse stuff about that but transfer. It, it's just that he's for too long been consistently poor on right. the field, right? Before he was with the Quakes and when he was in Mexico with – I think Cruz Azul was the last – Team. Yeah, I could be wrong there, but yeah, no, no, no. Is that that was the last team he uh-huh. was with? Okay, um, he, it was the same thing. He just yeah. wasn't getting the time, but he just had this potential when he played at Chivas. Yeah, that, yeah, so, that we saw, and and when I say we, I mean like general soccer fans who had yeah. heard of him before he came to the Quakes, and um, and I don't know, maybe he is going to start to reach that potential, um, and I don't want to go too far into the Matias uh, Almeida discussion yet. Yeah, but I think when you have a system that has such a solid foundation good or bad mm-hmm. you're gonna start to see this from players right you know, they're right. gonna hit they're going to like get into their stride they're yeah. going to start performing better as we were talking to kevin partita in an interview uh, our last episode his uh dad was a big fan of cruz Azul, and he was telling us that basically that whole team has underperformed so it might be a case where they're not reaching their potential as a team and that kind of affected that could, that could a little be true bit. yeah so i can see that as, as a Cruz Azul fan, Kevin Partita's dad kind of was showing a little insight on what maybe would have happened. I, I just I want to say here that this is a good moment to talk about some of the positives of Almeida's um, stubbornness with this team. Yeah. Because this is an, a yet another example of a player who has found good form within this system, despite yeah. the fact that the results haven't quite been there. Last year, Vaco was the first one. Right. Um, last season – for the first time that I saw, um, or since I've been watching Vaco play, for the first time last season, yeah, he hit his stride in this system. He mm-hmm. started playing harder. Play he started defense. winning balls. And I don't know if you guys yeah. have noticed this who are listening, but Vaco can win a ball very well. He can yeah. pickpocket very well. That is yeah. a quality that he has that a lot Kevin, of people don't recognize. Yeah, Kevin Partita was saying in our interview again to start to plug it, but no, no, was, he was saying that Vaco is very strong on the ball. I mean, he is. Even, even if you know where he's going to go with his next position, he will not let you get that ball. Nope. And if he finds a way, I know I, I'm a, I'm a Vaco stand right now. Right. I, yeah. I'm, I'm his number one biggest fan, but if he finds a way to pass that ball, I mean, I know me and Phil were talking about a little bit before the podcast. If do you, do you think he trusts his team? I mean, if he finds that last ball in the final third, we're, we're looking at a, yeah. a Nicholas Lodato, basically like we're looking at a very good attacking player. Yeah, my fear is uh, Vaco, somebody at his age, I don't know if that's a skill that he's going to suddenly discover. Mm. 
not being a ball hog. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> but um, but no, for real though, like Vaco is very technically good, and mm-hmm. I think on the ball he's so strong. And and yeah, I think Partida saying that is absolutely true. He's yeah. he's really strong on the ball, and he's a lot better defensively than people think. But to go back to my original point, yeah, last season we saw for the first time Vaco play with passion for this team, mm-hmm. really wanting to play for Matias Almeida, yeah, really wanting to go out there and play his best and run back and win balls, and then get back into the attack. And yeah. one great thing right now is he does look like one of the more fit players on the team, right. Throughout the the run of the game, right. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know I'm not saying that he can go a full ninety as well as like some of the other guys who were in in tip top shape, but when he's on the field, when he's on the ball, he looks like he's still playing like you know at a very high rate, at a very yeah. high percentage of his um, overall. You know? Definitely. And I and I just like how we were talking before, I think if we start to see better performances from certain players where it hinges other players to have better performances, we might see Vaco get unlocked again. And I hope so. I, I think, I think the hardest thing about Fierro though, kind of circling back was that the wing was the wings was the hardest place to get a, a position on this team. And I think, cause we have Espinoza and Vaco. I, I don't, I, I mean, he could have came in as a sub, but he just wasn't as, right. as clinical, right. As the Chase Lina's where he comes in, I remember hearing this from uh, the Black and Azul podcast where they talked about they were they had Shea Salinas on after the press con or after the game for the press conference and he says he feels a lot more comfortable coming in as a sub and just because he knows that there's tired legs he feels more comfortable coming on as a left back because he can kind of cheat he sees that they're cheating so he gets a lot more space instead of starting as a left back starting as a left back was a completely different game and I thought that was a really interesting tidbit Sure. And I think that was really cool that it was yeah. discovered um, as, as a part of his abilities to play in that position. Yeah. Because yeah. he pretty much played as a midfielder his entire career. Probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was a little tangent. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. an interesting point to bring up, though. I think it's necessary. Yeah. And so other other things that we saw. Yeah. We saw JT yeah. JT kind of JT come in the game. This is his first win. Can you believe that? This is his first career MLS win for JT. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, I thought he um, he had a couple of good saves on there against Diego Rossi, the, the high school scorer. That was big. That was yeah, huge. so that was a huge save. Huge big right paw just knocked that ball away. That was yeah, and he he looked confident. He didn't he didn't he didn't look at one time where he think he thought he didn't he wasn't gonna get it, and that, and that's something you want to see, right? Sometimes I think Vega um, is a little yeah not confident. Where I'm not 100% on Cade Cowell coming in because honestly, like, look, I know people want to say JT's not that young anymore, but he's a goalkeeper, right? He's right. got years. That's young. Okay. Yeah. What is he? 23 or something? Yeah. yeah, He's, but he's a goalkeeper. Okay. So that point is moot, (laughs) but I will say I'm not like huge on bringing the younger players in like Cade Cowell. I'm a hundred percent on board with JT taking this position right now. I think he proved that he should be playing in the starting role. Um, and, and I, but also I think Daniel Vega is a, is a really good role model for JT in a lot of ways. And in terms of like leadership and his passion for the game and even some of the fundamental goalkeeping stuff, but I think JT is already there. He doesn't need all that, but it's nice to have somebody like Vega in his corner. Should he get that starting position? Right. And you know, I didn't realize how close knit this group of guys were. Uh, Daniel Vega actually on Twitter posted a picture of all of them together, like hanging out. Yeah. Hanging out outside. Always man. They're always tight. Like, that. yeah. And and I was like, Oh, maybe that's something I didn't realize, but it seems like Daniel Vega, I know he's had on the field problems and a lot of quakes fans are, mad at his performances but off the field he looks like a great mentor he looks like he wants to truly see jt succeed i remember they cut to him one time during the game and he was on the sideline and he was having a great time cheering the guys on so it seems yeah, like he, yeah he is a, a good at least or 
yes, at least a good off the field presence in kind of mentor. I, I think it's good for teams to say that. And I, I know I generalized a second ago. I said all all keepers all keepers are not like that. Yeah. Back to John Bush <laughs> and David Bingham was not like that. But like Yeah, right. Bingham. <laughs> no, but 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 I think you do see some good cores of um some good groups of goalkeepers on teams yeah. that are that are like that. They want to see each other succeed. But they also have an understanding, right? Somebody's got that that starting role. Yeah. And you got to try to win it from them. But it's a professional relationship. Right. And they want to help each other get better. Yeah, want to they want to help each other be better players. And I I guess that's a that's a that's a little I I would say that's a Matias Almeida positive man. I mean he makes this team basically a family, and that's that's something that he brought in. That's remember, his biggest positive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so that that's probably I mean I know we're talking about Matias Almeida positives and being stubborn and all that, but I would say this is kind of like a, a tangent positive, right? Something that yeah, we didn't yeah. expect, right? And and now we're starting to see these younger guys develop and and get into those roles like a JT Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Sinkowski. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I always no, have okay. trouble with that name. Um, but we might see him flourish into a leader. And I remember we had Wando on, on the, on the season ticket holder kind of uh, interview. And he was talking about how him and JT went to go talk to Alameda about the black lives uh, matter movement and how they're not going to play that game that day. So it, it kind of, showed that JT was already, he felt like he was a leader in a sense where he could stand up to the coach. So yeah. we can definitely see leadership skills. Definitely. Definitely. And then the coach the is understanding he's a, he's a, the players like Almeida. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. And, and look at what Wando has to say about him. Right. I, I can only think of one other coach mm-hmm. that had that much love from the players. Was that Kinnear? In the system, Dominic Kinnear. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I'm a, I'm a Dominic Kinnear <laughs> fanboy and I know a lot of people. Are you really? Like a huge Dominic. I love Dominic Kinnear. I thought he was Kinnear a great ball? coach. I, I love, yeah, because he played with what was there in front of him. He maintained his system with what, and that's exactly what Matias Almeida is doing too. Yeah. And, but I, I, nobody that I saw in the years that I watched the Quakes showed as much affection and defended their coach as much as when Dominic Kinnear, like, I think yeah. like pl- players were literally like crying when Kinnear got like. Sacked. Yeah, I remember that day. I remember. Yeah, so, so, yeah, and it was. It's like he was really agitated. What a shame because tell. that really that really set back Kinnear's coaching career. I thought I, it was so special when he came back to the Quakes. Yeah, it was such a special moment to have our own Bay Area guy, and then for him to just get that from the fan base and not buy into his system in the way his players did. Well, because that yeah. That, that was the wasn't problem, man, right? when, when Doyle was the GM. And, and Fiorinelli is figuring things out. And I, I have, you know, my fingers crossed that Fiorinelli is going to unlock this with Almeida. Yeah. But, you know, Kinnear was special because of what the players believed in with him. But also, man, think about which other coach could have done that yeah. with John Doyle as the general manager. Well, so I uh, kind of referring to this upcoming LA galaxy game. He's the assistant coach for the galaxy. And there is people is. on Twitter that want the quakes to win so that they actually fire their coach. Um, uh, Barrios, I think it's Chileto. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Guillermo, uh, Guillermo Barrios. Yeah, Chileto. Chileto, yeah. Yeah. Former MLS player too. Play for yeah. Columbus so, players. and they want Don Kinnear to take over. So I can definitely, I, I don't know if they're ready for Kinnear ball. Cause it's not very attractive, especially in LA. Well, right. I would say that, uh, first of all, Barros Galoto is probably not going to be that easy to unseat. But secondly, yeah. um, when you have Kinnear with the, the talent that Galaxy have, the potential, the talent potential that they have, I think you're going to see a different type of, yeah. of game. Because with, the thing with, people call it Kinnear ball as a pejorative, but the thing with Kinnear ball is when, when he was with the Quakes <laughs> is it was like a stopgap. Kinnear yeah. had to put in a system that prevented them from getting completely wiped out. Right, like 7-1. 
Five like one. what we're seeing with Matias yeah. now, right? But he's he's sticking to his guns, you know, the same thing that but but Kinnear came in and he um he had a really conservative system that allowed for the Quakes to have a chance every yeah. game. It, it wasn't pleasant for a lot of people to watch because there was a lot of possession um that was negative possession. There wasn't yeah. a lot of like attacking going forward, right? Right. But I but here's the other thing, like the Quakes with aside from Chris Wondolowski, really, were not capitalizing or creating opportunities, but they weren't capitalizing on the opportunities. The expected goals for the Quakes yeah. Um, it, it just didn't match up. I remember that. Their potential mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And, and, and the players were not finishing, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, what do you I don't t- need to name drop here, but <laughs> like, there was just some real crap on the team in terms of the attacking and the finishing. Uh, mm-hmm. Wanda was not one of them. Okay. Yeah. And so back to kind of like the, the LAFC game, um, yeah. Yule's goal marked his first career winning goal. So that was kind of a nice little tidbit. What a, what a, what a nice little game for Jackson Yule. Yeah. I know. I th- it's, yeah. I just, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fabi. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. I, I ate my words hard. I posted on Twitter at uh, halftime that Jackson Yule was the worst player on the pitch. Yeah. The I saw half. that tweet actually. And I, I, I didn't know that was you. I, I yeah. remember scrolling through it. I was like, because <laughs> I was like, nah. Yeah. But I was no, because like, I, because I, I marked down in my notes for the first half that Yule actually, um, his spatial awareness was so much improved this match, mm. especially when he was on the ball. I noticed that, um, and I'm comparing this to the last LAFC match, because if you remember yeah. from the last LAFC match, Bob Bradley really had his players pressing like double, he right. like had them doubling up on the player. And yeah. the Quakes were so slow to react. Well, I thought Yule's reactions mm-hmm. were so much better this match. Like they had done their homework. They were ready for LAFC. Yeah. yeah. And Yule was, was a big part of that. I thought yeah. but that was the thing, you know, you, you got to have, you got to have that. You got to have somebody to, to be able to do that. You know, Magnus was able to do that for a lot for the Quakes exactly. uh, during the MLS's back tournament. And, yeah, and, uh, and you need that release valve. You need somebody to be smart and, and ready to go in the midfield. You all did it. Yeah. And, and the, the problem I think I was having was I was getting, I guess I have a lot to learn and, and I'll admit that I have a oh, lot we all to learn. Do, man. We all yeah. do. I don't know what, I don't even know what I'm talking about half the time. So yeah. And um, what, what I was kind of flashback into was when Erickson would give up those, those passes that were right to the other team or when he would give up a really bad turnover. I remember there was a time where you'll turn around and didn't look long enough to realize that the player kind of cut in on the passing lane already and he still passed it to him. So I, I saw these glaring things and kind of let that overshadow, yeah. I guess, the whole defensive game plan. And I made that tweet and it was just, oh, that was such a bad <laughs> You regretted tweet. it, huh? Yeah, I was talking pro. more like a fan. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's all good. No, that's usually, I mean, that's all we are, right? We're yeah. people who watch soccer and then we make comments on it. Yeah. You know, and, we can uh, be big like nerd <laughs> analysts and dig out all the stats. And sometimes yeah. we do, but like, sometimes you just see things and you're right. And sometimes yeah. you see something and you're wrong. And that's, that's all that was. But it was funny to see deal. that, how, how much that age like milk. So I was like, oh man. Oh yeah. That real quick, man. <laughs> yeah. You bought that milk on the expiration date. Yeah. But um, all right. Well, Phil, what'd you think your one stud and your one dud was? Oh, we're at studs and duds. Cool. We're already uh, there. I know. I love this. You guys are using this. Yeah, uh, yeah. We for, for we, uh, we wanted to give a big shout out to you guys every time we do it. So for this sure, is man. a nod for to sure. you guys. Well, I, I, I didn't know we were already there. I would have gotten the uh, the little soundboard thing ready to go. But no, no worries. No worries. Well, let me see. Here's what I got in my notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, let me make sure I didn't have anything else that I wanted to mention. Yeah, please. Before. Please. We didn't talk a whole lot about the second half, really. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I just, can mention it as I, as I go through mm-hmm. with my studs and duds. I guess they played a very compact game. I thought they were, yes. um, they were really good at 
playing this whole new kind of i guess the <laughs> lafc went in yeah yeah they were gonna get the, the same of the same right and and almeida did a great job kind of not doing that i so. i would i would i would characterize it as uh aware and ready and prepared they yeah. were prepared for this match i it's funny you said compact that's the term you chose um when i hear the word compact when it comes to coaching bob bradley yeah. is like the first yeah, name right. that comes to mind when i when i think of it you know when i think of his teams and and what he does especially with lafc but uh but we, yeah we came into this game not I mean, already knowing that we won't have the possession. So I thought that was kind of cool realizing that they, they kind of got that they weren't going to get the possession for at so least half a, of the game. And yes. then that they can after – because they knew they were down on, I mean, like training time and healing time and recovery time. So they kind of second half game really released all the hounds basically. Yeah, man. The second half was much different from the first half. And that's a really telling step for this match particularly yeah. is possession. I, I – I'm kind of like uh, reticent to bring this up sometimes, but I think possession is important in this case mm-hmm. um, because at the half, the possession was 40-60 in favor right. of LAFC. And at the end of the match, it was 47-53 in favor mm-hmm. of LAFC. So yes, the Quakes came out with a different approach in the second half right. than they had in, in the first half. They, they came out a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So possession isn't telling all the time. But I think in this case, it kind of was. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of interesting fact that you bring up there with that. Yeah, and then so I'm I'm going to go ahead and kind of and say Espinoza had a different bite that game. I mean, he was he – Is was, that your stud? Yeah, that was my stud. I mean, he was pissed that game, man, bouncing the ball off the floor, just getting yellow carded. Isn't he, he, isn't he great to watch, man? Is, yeah, isn't he like a great is, – he's just like your passionate, angry guy sometimes. Just you know? your passionate, angry uh, – right, But and and what's important <laughs> – what's <a, laughs> <laughs> which is uh man what's important is that he maintained it yeah throughout the match right just like with the separate i mean he had a bite to him and i and i like that i like to see that fire i know wando last week said we were mentally weak and that didn't look mentally weak so something got something happened to this team this week where they were like we can win this game i'm probably going to end up eating crow for this but i i think matias's system is going to pan out and i think uh it's a matter of time no, I, I think it's a I, matter of time. I think a lot of folks are, are wrong, uh, you know, and, and I guess I'll eat crow if I have to, but I, <laughs> I think, I think it's necessary for Matias Almeida to have this time. And, and I, I, you know, I got a really lengthy um, response about the quakes after 90 podcast on Reddit mm-hmm. from a, a, a listener who, you know, he's been with us for a long time. Love the guy. Um, but he, he's like, you know, how much longer do we have to wait? Mm. But I think right now, considering where the quakes were in 2018, where they were last year and where this team is eventually going to head. If the foundation is laid with Matias Almeida, I think it's worth the wait. I think right. we have evidence that players are improving in their particular development. I don't think the, the development is stunted in these players. Like some people are claiming, I think we're, we're seeing that we're seeing guys improve, but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going off on like no, no, a no, huge tangent what, here. What but, would you say for the, the fan that kind of comes up to you and says, yeah, Nick, Nick Lima's development has been stunted for sure. Yeah, but also Nick Lima has shown this a little bit, not only with the earthquakes, but with the U.S. men's national team. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think this is like a mountain and valley type thing where mm-hmm. like he's just at a valley right now. Yeah. He's going to get better. And we're seeing come- glimpses of it. We've seen some pretty good matches from Nick Lima, but yes, you're absolutely right. We've seen some inconsistency yeah. with Nick Lima that's been quite unexpected. But there are other cases of players 
who are like most recently you it has to be fiero is like right right and like just turn it on bought into the system and he's playing for the team he's playing for the coach um espinoza is already one of those guys who we're just talking about him yeah um lopez is another guy who we've seen resurge recently and my hope is that we continue to see this from players now some guys are already there uh, right. Whether or not they're what they have remaining of their talent to give to the team is there, I don't know. But like Chris Wondolowski, for example, is already there with you know, with the yeah, kind of buy into whatever, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could eat some crow, I could be proven wrong, like, but I, I think with the time they're gonna do it. I don't know if it's gonna happen against this LA Galaxy team because mm. this is a good team, they've had they're in poor form right now, but it's a, it's yeah. a good team, don't you? Yeah, know? with Sebastian Legette kind of leading that the charge in the cam spot, right. And- we're right. going to see Chicharito. So let's see yeah. if we get – what if Chicharito gets his first competitive goal against us? That's going to I would. I wouldn't be surprised. His first yeah. competitive goal in MLS, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't know. So, so I think this is a good time for me to give my stud then because my stud yeah. is the goalkeeper for the Earthquakes, uh, yeah. DT Marcinkowski. Sounds and I good. think I think he can he – can, we saw what he did against Rossi on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That was a very telling moment in the match. Definitely. And for, you know, that's not a save that Vega's been making. Right. That's not a save that he's been making. I agree. I agree. So to have a player like JT Marcinkowski come in and make that save, in addition to the other things he's already doing and some of the things that Vega does well. Right. Distribution. You know, yeah, Marcinkowski talking about stats, 26 for 31. I think not, not bad for a goalkeeper. You know, he can, yeah. he can play with his feet, which is great. I think JT's distribution is miles ahead of Vega's. And I like the fast kind of put the ball out counterattack we haven't seen that with vega ever no it, you're seeing some very quick decision making from jt yeah you're seeing his head on a swivel this is this is uh something that we see in and some of the better keepers in the league like yeah just very quick like when zach stefan was in the league that's something we saw of him yeah uh, tim howard is very very head on a swivel you know type of type of guy looks for the the pass right away wants to set the counterattack. Mm-hmm. I, I do like to see that i like to i like that jt is too. yeah it, and we don't really have a lot of pace up top, but we do have pace on the wings. So when seeing Fierro kind of or Espinoza take that that really quick counterattack and see what we can get out of that is a new – I mean, we haven't seen that in the games that we lost. So it's, it's definitely no. something that we bring to the table when we start JT. Definitely. And when you've got a guy like Cade Cowell who right, pretty much right. helped to win the game for the Earthquakes. Exactly. Running up the pitch like that. Yeah, that's definitely another dimension that can be unlocked for this team. So, yeah. So yeah, to go back to your point on Espinoza, man, Cowell, Espinoza, and then sending that ball in and allowing Yule to right. And and good on Yule, man, for making that run. Yeah. And 90, 94 minutes into the game. That's tough. And he believed and he believed that they were going to get he did, a, But yeah, it, I tell you, man, this is more evidence of a, of a system that could work yeah. when the players buy into it. it. It's just really unfortunate that the losing results were such heavy results that yeah. that really sucks because that took away so much of what the potential from people from seeing the potential. I don't know if that was yeah well articulated, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like definitely it, it, it just belies it. Like you're not seeing the potential when the losses are so bad, but definitely. the potential is there when you have a midfielder like Jackson Ewell, who is a good player, but has looked exhausted this season playing right. for the team. He's looked tired. He and, and Tommy and a couple of the other guys, when he's making that run in the 94th minute to score the, the game-winning goal, that says something about your coach and that says Definitely. something about the system that you have in place. Yeah, he's totally okay. bought in. Yeah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> JT Marcinkowski, that's my stud. Yeah, and do you have a dud that sticks out to you? Yes, Andy Rios. Um, okay. And I, let me, but let me not just let me, let me not just say Andy Rios, and yeah, because that's he's been like the the hated player by a lot. Of, <laughs> hated is not the right word. 
his performances have been hated. The player's right. not hated, right? Nobody yeah. dislikes him personally. But um, Rios, the only consistent thing about Andy Rios is that he is all over the pitch. Right. And there were three players who started for this team that were all over the pitch during this match. Uh, one who was completely justified in Judson mm-hmm. and Wondolowski, who that's actually kind of like a part of who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. I think obviously he's best when he's uh, in the box just creating headaches for the center backs. Right. Right. But um, Wando has that element of his game and, and he's a pretty fit guy for his age. And, and so he, he's pretty fluid sometimes. Now Wando didn't have the best game either, mm. but Andy Rios um, with an exception of a couple good moments, which we don't normally see from him was particularly poor in this yeah. match. And um, yeah. So of all the, the three guys that I just mentioned, he was the least effective. Right. I thought overall he was the, the dud for the team. Yeah, and I thought he had a better performance than usual. And yeah. I, I was gonna, I, I myself, I think it's, I guess it would be, it's for me, it's the easier choice, unfortunately, because yeah. he still wasn't up to what we need, right? So definitely, Andy Rios was my dud as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny when that happens. Like when everybody, we we've had this on Quicks after ninety quite a bit, where we'll yeah. all pick the same dud. And unfortunately, this season it's been Andy Rios again and again yeah. and again. And I yeah. do want to see that form where he, I mean, he was playing for Club America. So there has to be something there, right? That we, that Almeida saw. I mean, I know you guys were talking about this on uh, Quakes at their 90, but these guys probably weren't their first choice, but there was a re- there's still. Yeah. And there. I, I have, I, yes. And thank you for picking up on that. I have yeah. no way to substantiate that claim, but I, it just seems like that would be the case, right? Right. $1.5 million for those two players, Andy Rios and uh, Carlos Fierro. And it's like, is that really like who he pegged? first yeah because these aren't these are not like you said uh, the Rui Diaz right it's right this isn't yeah I think that's the kind of player that even the Polidos right the Polidos and things oh, like that oh man that name just hurt. that's like a dagger right to the yeah heart. yeah that, that hurt that the Quakes didn't get him because that was that would that's have been probably the great guy. a great and the fact that he went to Kansas City doesn't even need him. Kansas City Kansas <laughs> by the way not not Kansas City Missouri he went to Kansas City <laughs> Kansas to go play soccer instead of coming to the the lovely hey. sunny and yeah. currently smoky but lovely, yeah. sunny Bay Area, California, you know, with Bay a Area. huge Latin and Mexican population that would treat him like a god. <laughs> I, mean, I know, and he is a he is a great player. He's but, a um, wonderful player. But th- there still has to be a reason. Coming back to the original point, yes, why he was on that list. So I, I want to see that. Let's not yeah. take that away from him. He's he's yeah. had some. I mean, he must have had a decent career. But he is, you know, he's on the the downside of his. You know, he's in the twilight years right. of his career. He's as, I believe. As, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He might expand, extend his career farther on past the earthquake. Cause I think that's what's going to happen. And yeah. it might go for a while. You know, he can be like, uh, you know, under, you guys said on this Imperiale on yeah. the show, he's, he's still playing, right? Right. Exactly. He's, he's still playing. Who's he with right now? Uh, um, he's, he's with Costa the Rico's team in Chile. But, oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. The, he didn't go the back. Owner to was, um, the owner was Argentinian and he asked him to do a favor to see if he can bring it up to the first division again. Cool so, man, that's really cool that you guys got that insight on. on yeah, show it, was, it was awesome. But he did have an he offer. He was pretty candid. Got, what we got out from him is, I kind of just sh- you know did a shot in the dark and was like, "Hey man, did you have an offer to Oakland come back?" Oakland Roots, huh? Yeah, and to Oakland Roots, and he was like, "No, but uh, we're, there was talks for me to come back to play for a USL team in Colorado." And I was like, "Whoa, that's that's oh, kind of maybe a, the switchbacks or whatever they have." Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" I like I. He's like, "How do you know? Who do you know? Who do you talk to?" And I was like, "No, man, that was just a shot in the dark." Like, that was yeah. He did. He did say, "Who did you talk to?" I, I heard yeah. him say that on the show. But um, that was. But that's. Yeah, I mean, one of his kids is American too. You know, exactly. it's like, and, and, and he had a lot of pride in that, and that was cool to see. Good I know for Wando, him, man. 
I know Vaco just had a kid here too. So they, there's probably a lot of players that, uh, it, you know, these aren't, these aren't the most prideful days for this country, but when you hear folks <laughs> who immigrate here and, and say yeah. those kinds of things, man, it kind of like, you feel that in your chest a little bit sometimes. Yeah. When my, you know? when, when my dad talks about immigrating here in the good old days, you know, it makes, yeah. You know, and again, you know, it, it, we don't need to go down that road necessarily, but yeah, growing up like first generation on my dad's side, like that was, you know, there's a reason why he came here and a shit, bad as things yeah. are, excuse me, <laughs> as bad as things are sometimes right here, there are places from which people derive that are, that are much worse. I'm not saying that those are bad countries, but sometimes the circumstances in which yeah. they are living are bad. Yeah. So. So sorry, I had to, had to catch myself game. there, Fabi. My bad. <laughs> We're Get talking about a lot of tectonic takes right now, right? These are tectonic life takes. We're All right, so we got our we got our studs and duds in. We're good. And then now we're on to the LA, uh, LA Galaxy game. We talked a little bit about this, kind of like the keys to winning. Um, well, we see the comp. Uh, I'll use the word again: compact quakes. Go take it against um, the Galaxy, or will we see the original system that Almeida likes to use? I know you don't like talking system talk, but what? <laughs> We're talking uh, formation, right? Yeah, formation talk. What do you think is going to be out there? Do you think we're going to see the same? I know this is a fan question later, so I'll just ask it right now. But do you think um, Kelsey, uh, Kelvy Ch- uh, Chalzies uh, asked <laughs> – sorry, I just – My I, bad, bro. I don't mean to laugh. Sorry. Like, what? Uh, her name is – yeah, Kel, Kel, Kelvy Chalzies um, asked, will we see the same starting lineup? Phil, same starting lineup? Oh man, you put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. Uh, let me think here. Okay, hold up, hold up. Let me think. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kelsey. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Um, let me, let me, let me. See. Let me. So we had. Um, will we see the same formation? It okay, was I'm stalling. I'm stalling. I'm not meaning to stall. I'm sorry, I ruined that name. No, no, no. I, I think it's, I think it's possible that we do see the same formation. Okay. Um, considering the players that are on the bench now, there could be a rotation in in certain players, uh, maybe on the wings actually. Um. Okay. Maybe we don't see. Maybe we see another start from Cade Cowell. Okay. It's a possibility. Uh, maybe Wando doesn't start, but Andy Rios gets another start. I, I am going to assume that Andy Rios is starting the next game. Yeah, especially with the who's not in that news. I want it, but uh, I would. Yes, I would think that the center back pairing could also change. Hmm. I don't know that we see Tanner Beeson. I would like to see Florian Youngworth in, in yeah. the match. I think, uh, but maybe like, I don't know. I haven't looked at the injury sheet. Yeah, you caught me a little off guard on this one, but it's okay. No I should have been no better worries. prepared. I should have been better prepared. <laughs> but uh, I think that in the center back position, perhaps we could see a, a change. Uh, no, Alanis, right? He's still out. Yeah, he's still out. Mm-hmm. And what about Goram Kashia? Uh, so it's it's hard to find kind of these injury reports. So yes. when the news came out, I was like, wow, they're actually showing us the injury report. But I think they're both out still. So we might. Yeah, see as a, as as you get yeah. further into your years as a Quakes fan, a little longer <laughs> in the tooth, you're gonna see this. <laughs> this is like a, a common thing. Um, yeah, I think. Well, let me see. Espinosa did not. Oh, he did start in this he match. Okay. Yeah, he did start in the previous. It was Espinosa and Fierro on the wings. We had uh, Yule Judson uh, in the midfield. I think we had uh, as well, and then Wondolowski, Rios, kind of doing their midfield forward thing. Yeah. And then I think Lopez, Beeson, Youngworth, Lima. Uh, maybe we see somebody else at the right back position. Right. If Lopez is hurt. Well, oh, that's the other thing. So Lopez yeah. is playing at the left back position. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's another thing too we could see. So perhaps we see Tommy Thompson back um, in, the, uh, in the fullback position. Perhaps mm-hmm. we see Shea Salinas in the fullback position at left back. I think those are possibilities. Yeah, I, I um, don't think we see Tommy. He got burnt by Pavon, and that's going to happen again. I, yeah, it, it, that's true. But how many options do we have at right back? Right. That's another I, issue. I'd rather so. take 
Nick Lima and a, and a, and a Shea Salinas on the left type of deal instead of a Tommy Thompson out there. Sure. It just, it, I mean, but this is the first time the Quakes will have a full rested week to before a game. So we I think that's a big deal. So, so can, I, can I take this moment yeah, to please. talk about this? Because I think it's really important that we discuss this. And um, I, don't, I don't think I've even heard anybody talk about uh, this Charles Boehm article from, from MLSsoccer.com that came yep. out on September 23rd. And I think it's really telling. And I haven't heard any pundits or anybody around the Quakes talk about this. Of course, I haven't been tuning into every show. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I just haven't had time to do that. But I do want to bring this up because I think it's really important. I think it's a good counter to some of the great points that other folks have put out there. Um, Colin Etnire, after formerly Aftershock Podcast, um, wrote this fantastic. I didn't. Gosh, he's such a good writer. He wrote a, a fantastic article on Quake's Epicenter about why Almeida is not the uh, why he, why he is the problem. I should say, mm-hmm. talking about Almeida's troubled past, talking about his tactics. Uh, one big quote: "He's no Marcelo Bielsa." Right. Uh, <laughs> the transfers and the development; those were all issues that that he brought up in that article. Mm-hmm. But I think one big point to simplify all of it to to, to detracts from all that wonderful hard work that he put into that article and some of the other <laughs> folks have done um, is to talk about the rest, to talk about the rest that the players aren't getting and the training that they're not getting consistently. So let me bring up a couple of quotes from this Charles Boehm article, because I think this is really important. Yeah. So one is from MLS Español's uh, Ariel Judas. Mm-hmm. And this is a, according to Charles Boehm, a veteran Argentine journalist who's covered Almeida and his teams for many years. So this is somebody who knows wow. Almeida and his system. Okay. So this isn't just like, Phil Leva talking on his like <laughs> podcast type of thing. This is like somebody who knows this stuff. So, um, quote, the main problem for me is that he can't impart his philosophy in the current situation. The air quality and the fact that they can't train normally hurts a lot. They were good in MLS's back because they were together 24-7, and that's a proper environment for a coach like Almeida to get the amount of effort he expects from his players. Right. He's likable, he can relate with his players, but he also wants full engagement from them, end quote. That was the one from um, Ariel Hudas. Mm-hmm. So, so the next one, uh, and it's I, I do want to discuss these, but these are all on the same kind of like wavelength, right? So I'm yeah. just going to fire them off really quickly. Um, the next one is from Tom Marshall, who's been writing for ESPN for a really long time. He's Guadalajara-based, mm-hmm. and he's, he's a great um, journalist. So he says, quote, I honestly think the system can work. If you watch Leeds and Fulham, uh, against Fulham the other day, Leeds concede goals that aren't too different from some of the ones that the, San- that the earthquakes have conceded. Even Atalanta over in Italy, they also use that kind of man-marking system in defense. But it's a fine line because the players have to be absolutely 100% fit. They've got to be absolutely 100% dedicated. And they've right. got to be chasing everything like lunatics almost. <laughs> they've <laughs> got to be 100% involved. And that in some ways can make up for a deficit in talent. But obviously, the situation that he's had in recent weeks when you're traveling around, you've had the fires that you can't train properly. And the right. players, they look really tired that's from tom marshall who's been covering almeida since he was a coach of chivas yeah from ariel judas who's been covering almeida since he was a coach in argentina so those are those are really big things and even even when almeida was on um radio continental which is a radio show in argentina he said this is the last quote i promise Uh he said quote (laughs) it's there to see that we aren't being competitive we have a lot of youngsters the project here is different Today, there's a big difference between the opponents we are playing and ourselves. Our team needs a different physical state. Yeah. I know well what we have and how far we can go, end quote. So unless you're, and Etnire was kind of on this point a little bit, that he doesn't think Almeida is necessarily a genius or anything. He just thinks he's mm. a good coach, but he's not like the bee's knees. You know what I'm saying? Like he's no Marcelo Bielsa. Mm. But if you look at what the players are saying, 
what the analysts who have followed him for years are saying and what Almeida himself is saying about the system and the lack of fitness for this team, I think that's incredibly telling. And that simplifies all the stats and everything. But I think that's the truth. I think right. that's the real issue with this team. And, and, and last thing, when you have a tired team like this, sometimes you get blown out seven to one. Yeah. And they look tired. They really did. I mean, they did, man. They did. They, you saw it. It's yeah. Yeah. And as a casual fan, you would, you could see that even Andy Rios didn't run all the way to get that kid Cal pass versus Colorado. So they were tired. They were definitely tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, wait, so going back to your point, yeah, they're going to have rest going into the LA galaxy game. Exactly. So what, what is, I guess, what is your preview for the game? What do you think the score is going to be prediction? Well, I guess I kind of have to go like, I've already put out all these quotes and everything and I yeah. have to kind of <laughs> build They're getting the rest. Yeah. Uh, this is a home game and um, galaxy is a good team, but they are in poor form right now. They've lost their last three games. I hate doing predictions, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to say that the quakes will get scored on in this match. It's mm-hmm. it, to me, it seems inevitable. Um, two to one. Yeah. San Jose like earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Two to one, San Jose Earthquakes. Shea lead in this banger at the end? Maybe we see it again, <laughs> man. I would love to see that. But I think I would really like to see the Quakes take a lead and hold on to it. Yeah, I would too. I have a feeling they're like if they can jump ahead early, use the rest they have, play their style that that I just love Matias Almeida's style. I love yeah. the marking system. Play that style, put the pressure on Galaxy, score two goals right off the bat, and hold on to that lead. And if you had to concede one, all right, concede a goal. Yeah, I think we're going to see the form that we saw in Orlando. We're going to see a rested team. Um, they, there's no excuses about rest now. So they definitely are going to show up. The, I mean, the, the air quality is still poor. I don't know what the, what the situation is in terms of the training for the team. I don't know if, if they're training indoors. That, see, that's the type of question that, you know, if we had, if we were, we had press passes and we had access. Which yeah. Also, Matias doesn't always allow the press into those training. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't. So he doesn't. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, but anyway – if, if they're well-trained, but I don't know, man. Is that going to take more time for these players to get into that form? I don't know. So there's a chance the Quakes could get – they could lose. And it could be an ugly loss again. Let's hope not. You think so? There's a chance they could lose. I mean, Galaxy are bound to come back and play well again. I yeah. just hope that the Quakes aren't that opportunity for a rebound game. Because they're, they're playing out of form right now. But they have some real talent. Now, I'm not talking about Chicharito either. I'm talking about guys like you mentioned, Sebastian yeah. Leggett earlier. And yeah. they, they have an embarrassment of wealth in the midfield. Like They, they have some really talented players. Like They have Joe Corona, right? Like, yeah. who, who, for years, has put it down. Like He's been a good player, U.S. national team player. They, they have, have uh, Perry Kitchen. Yeah. They have Pabon on the wings. Like They've got a lot of talent on this team. And didn't even mention Jonathan Dos Santos, oh, perhaps yeah. the most talented player on the Gosh, team. Gosh, yeah. So anyway, have- I'm sorry. I'm taking up a lot of air, Fabi. Like, no, no, like- you're good, man. This is Tectonic Takes, baby. If you want to talk, you talk. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, do, I, I, I you're saying, you know, I'm just sitting here in awe as a fan. I'm like, oh yeah, I agree with you, Phil. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that because I feel like, man, I say some like dumb stuff sometimes. <laughs> no, man. No, definitely not. But I agree. I, I want to say we see the Quakes in Orlando form and we win. I, I want to say three to one. I want to say Espinoza gets on the score sheet and we see a Quakes team keep their, their lead. And right sound. on, right on. Yep. So now we're going to go. I thought that I thought three to one. But yeah. You thought it. You thought I thought it, it was, a, I thought it was super biased to me because I really want the team to score some goals. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, who, who do you think is going to score the goals? Um, Espinoza is going to be on the score sheet. I believe um, I want to see, I want to see Vaco get on the score sheet again. 
and then probably Wondolowski on as a sub or at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen Wando get some chances. I think he's he's going to get back on the score sheet again. Yeah, he's due. I want him to get those I, ten goals, right? So he's he can got get, to man. Yeah. He's got to get him. You're right. Um. So we have our next point here thanks guys for kind of sticking through this whole uh tatonic takes episode without ivan and and with phil we're gonna go on the <laughs> kind of like the, the tangent takes right now but right i appreciate you guys staying through all of this um again fan questions are for you guys um we love being interactive with our fans so if you guys ever have any questions for us um please respond to our posts and we'll definitely get it on air um the way it's gonna work is phil's gonna answer one and then i'll answer one um, Ooh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll kind of do this a little quickly since this has been a, a little bit of a longer episode. Yeah. How we, how we doing on time right now? We doing okay? Uh, we're, we're, we're about an hour and 30 minutes. So it's good time. Okay. Yeah. Let's, Not let's close crazy. this. Let's close this thing out. Not too crazy. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this. Let's answer these questions. Okay. So Edwin, uh, Marquez from Facebook asks, will, uh, Marcinkowski start again versus the galaxy? Phil. I want to say yes, but no, I think Vega's going to start. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So my question now is, will this be uh, his second question? Will this be Wondolowski's final season? I think no. I think Abs- he, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, I think not. he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. He's already hinted at it. And I, it just feels like considering how things went. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I mean, if Bradley Wright Phillips keeps scoring goals, I mean, we, he better come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's catching up, man. Kai yeah. Kamara's still around too. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Jared Connell from Facebook asks, what what's the vibe in the locker room? LAFC's victory was big, but a uh, still still a challenging stretch up ahead. How how's moral and what's the team's goal at the point at this point in the season? So Phil, I guess you can give your opinion on this, right? What do you think the locker room is like? Yeah, so I'm not I'm not a journalist. I just put that out there. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I don't I don't write on the team or anything. I just kind of give my points of view as a as a fan and as you know somebody who's kind of like trying to be um, you know aware of what's going on. Anyway, that 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 said. Um, I believe that if you look at the quotes from players like Chris Wondolowski, um, yes, there is some difficulty with this team because they're, you know, the way they responded to some of those losses, but I believe that the players are buying into the system. That's a part of it. That's part of the struggle. I think Yeah, they know that there's a huge task ahead of them. And I think, but I think the frustration, a lot of it is that they're failing Almeida and, and, and maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't want to speak for these players because I don't know what they're thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, it's impossible for me to know, but if I'm going to speculate, I got to say, I, I got to think that like they're disappointed that they're not able to play for their coach in the way that they want to play and get the results that they want. Right. So I, but, but that being said, I think the morale is higher than what people are giving Almeida and this team credit for. I think it's better. And, and I think with this last result, it's it's where the quakes are they should be they're heading in the right direction okay and then what do you think a goal would be for them uh could you elaborate on that what do you mean by goal is, yeah is this so from like, you or is this from the this is no the this fans? is for the fans so it, he's probably uh, saying a goal for the rest of the season playoffs okay playoffs playoffs is 100 percent the goal um and we might sneak in there so we'll see i mean it, we're lucky this year is the year that uh, two thirds of the of the teams make it into the playoffs, so it's it could be a very good opportunity to make and it. Let's in. be clear about something: play. That's not Almeida's mindset. That yeah. he Almeida has the mindset that a lot of Euro coaches have uh, that you play every game with passion. Actually, he criticized American players when he I think when he first came to the states to coach in MLS mm. about how there is a lack of passion for winning every single game and scraping every single point off the t- you know the table. Mm. Okay. 
And then we have another question. Um, so Kelsey Chalvez, I said, said him right now. Um, will we see the same starting lineup that beat LFC this weekend? Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate. Uh, we might see changes around the right back and the left back position. Um, and we might see a change in goal that Phil kind of talked about. All right, Phil, your next question. William Bond, which Quakes team will show up? The one that outplayed Seattle, outplayed Portland, outplayed L.A., and beat the other L.A.? Or will it be the Quakes that got blown out by Seattle, Portland, lost to L.A., and got blown out to the other L.A.? That's a good question from William. I think it's going to be the team that is heading in the the, the right direction. Yeah. We're on the right trajectory, I think. And who knows? if they don't, then that's going to be really telling for what's going on in the locker room and what's yeah. going on with the system. Definitely. So, yeah, I think... I think they're going to come out and do it. I already gave my prediction, the score prediction. I think that's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us. Um, uh, we want to thank Phil. Thank you for coming on to this episode of Tatonic Takes. Um, Ivan will be back, and then we're going to actually have another guy that's part of the Tatonic Take team on the next podcast. Um, Phil, your podcast is Phil. Is This is Phil, right? Oh, that's my Twitter handle. Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, you can follow at Quakes After 90 if you want to get yeah. updates on the shows and we do some retweets. We also have an Instagram that we use occasionally. Yeah, you can follow me on, on Twitter at, at Phil. This is Phil. Uh, I don't tweet too often. I'll, every once in a while, I'll throw a take out there. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm just sitting back enjoying the game and talking on my podcast. That's what I do. Yeah, and he just he goes on Twitter and looks at all the stupid hot takes that people say that Jackson Eels having a bad half. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely a lurker, man. No doubt. But, uh, yeah, so definitely we want to thank Phil. Uh, for being on the podcast today. Uh, we truly appreciate your time today. Thank you, Phil. Um, and if you, you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us at uh, Teutonic Takes on Twitter. Uh, we do have a YouTube now, so if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube to listen to us there. And we want to thank the Beautiful Game Network for presenting this podcast for us and taking care of all the backhand stuff for us. So thank you again. Um, and we do have a Patreon. So if you want to support us and um, be a part of the Teutonic Takes team, we do truly appreciate it because we would like to put more content out for you guys. All right. Well, this is, wraps it up for us. We All we want to say is go Quakes. Go Quakes. Go Quakes.